anytime you have a chance to make something like that, you have to go for it when it counts. Welcome everyone to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the special edition of the Driving Vision Future of Zag Today podcast. With us today, several special guests. So obviously, as always, President and CEO of Ziegler Auto Group, Aaron Ziegler, welcome. Thanks, Sam. NASCAR race car driver, Josh Balicki, who we know and love this past year. Josh, welcome. Thank you, Sam. And then new to the show with Live Fast Motorsports, Matt Tiff and BJ McLeod, a special announcement today. Aaron, what's going on today? Yeah, so we've got uh, BJ and Matt. They're the uh, co-owners of uh, Live Fast Racing. And BJ is also a uh, NASCAR driver. And for 2023, the Ziegler Auto Group is going to be one of their primary sponsors for uh, next year. And um, we're going to be doing uh, a lot of races with... Um, uh, Josh driving the car, and uh, also BJ is going to be driving the car for a bunch of races too. We're really looking forward to it, and they've got some really exciting things happening with uh, Live Fast next year. It's going to be the fastest car that Josh has ever driven, so we're excited about that. Yeah, we're just glad it all come together when it did because everything's about timing, and we had some good things happen on our side with you know being able to switch manufacturers and have some support on the Chevrolet side and get partnered up with ECR engines, and it's just a good position to be in with wherever thing landed, you know, and it's a wild couple of months that made it all happen. And as soon as I knew that we were going to be able to upgrade our program for 2023, I went straight to Matt and I was like, we got to call Josh and we got to try to work on this because I've worked with Josh since 2017 and he drove one of my Xfinity cars. And I think we had like one set of tires and maybe $5,000 or $10,000 to work off of. And, and he finished 12th at Road America. And my team was only two years old at the time. And I just was so impressed with him there. And, and more than that, just the way he works off the track to take care of his partners and build his networks and he just supports his people no matter what and it's like I've watched this I've been a part of it I've seen it and I have a ton of respect for that so you know I wanted I can't I'm just not a good road racer and I want my car to succeed <laughs> and Josh Balicki's that guy and and he's great at ovals too but he just has so much road course experience that at this level you know I felt like he was the right person and then when you match him with Ziegler Auto Group and the, the great folks that make all that happen. It's just a really good combination for us to you know start here and build to here, right? So I really thought about it over a five minute span and I was like, I went straight to Matt and Matt's like, no, I'm thinking the same thing. So he's, he's familiar with Josh, you know, watched him and stuff. So it's just the two of us, we went after it and here we are announcing this deal and and all of us very excited and looking forward to 2023. So BJ, you talk about Josh's strength at road races and we saw that this past year in our uh, prior uh, relationship. You know, what's interesting before we get into the big road race this year, which is Chicago, we'll talk about that. We unveiled the car this past Saturday as part of our annual Ziegler Auto Group year-end holiday event. And it was electric to be in that room and to see the cover come off the car. What is it about NASCAR, BJ and Matt, for those who may not go to NASCAR 
races in our listening audience that is so electric that there's just this excitement surrounding it, whether it's race day or watching it as a fan. What is it that makes NASCAR so great, BJ, Matt, and then Aaron? The big thing for me is I wouldn't be in this position today co-owning LitFest Motorsports without being a racing fan. And that's the core of it for all of us is being a fan of motorsports and, you know, being Josh being the driver of this, BJ being a driver and, and us in this um, in this sport, you have to be so passionate about it. And so for somebody that we take has never been to a NASCAR race, you, you take them to the track and you feel the, I mean, the thunder of the motion. I mean, it is, it vibrates and just growls through your body. The sound, yes. I mean, you got Bristol, you got 110, 120 decibels of that place. I mean, there are rockets going by you at 200 miles an hour. It's a football field every second. That's insane. I mean, that is absolutely phenomenal about what we do with these race cars. And no matter whether you've been to a race, you've seen it on TV, it's special to go watch how these races are presented. So, you know, when you look at partnerships and racing and everything about this, you have to go see a race. I mean, it is absolutely spectacular. Yes. The crashes, even if it's a clean race and you have a good finish out of it, or if you have a race that comes down after 500 miles to an inch, this happens very often. It's, it's insane. So the passion and the thrill of NASCAR it is the ultimate spectator sport. It's something you have to see at least once in your lifetime. And uh, for people watching this podcast, I mean, you have the Ziggler number 78 and Josh Blicky to go pull for. So Aaron, there's a lot of things you could involve yourself in the company. And you made an intentional decision to bring the Ziggler Auto Group brand to NASCAR, put it on this car. What brought you there? Was the electricity part of that or what was it? It's really helped us to build a national brand. And Josh has been an awesome ambassador for us. He's a great representation of our brand and he's what our brand's all about. He's wonderful with our customers and with our employees and he gets us phenomenal exposure, not only on national TV every Sunday, but also on social media. And you know, like Matt said, if you've never been to a race before, you got to go. It is electric. Like the hair on the back of your neck stands up when you go to a race and there's just so much energy and you, you just feel alive when you're at the races and there's so much excitement. And you know, it's amazing. You're talking to Josh 10 seconds before he gets in a car to go 200 miles an hour. And he's so calm. It's dangerous, but it's also safe in the, in the same respects. And you know, these guys are running 200 miles an hour inches apart from each other. So the amount of skill that it takes to be able to drive the car, these guys are incredible athletes that they've got to stay in, in phenomenal shape and they've got to stay focused for a really long time. But we've done all the studies on it and we've gotten a, a phenomenal return on investments for what we've done on there to helping us to build the brand, helping us to, to sell cars and build partnerships. And, you know, one of the exciting things we haven't talked a lot about yet, but the second biggest race outside of Daytona next year is going to be in downtown Chicago. Chicago is obviously a huge market for us and it's going to be a street race not only are we going to be there racing on sunday but i think josh is going to be racing on saturday as well we've got a a suite already reserved there so we're going to be able to bring a lot of employees down for that weekend as we're going to do at michigan next year and we'll do road america again uh, as well at the xfinity race so a lot of races in the in the midwest and our home markets next year that we'll be able to get do a lot of fun stuff with uh, employee events next year too so matt aaron talks about chicago that's going to be one of the hottest sports tickets in all of uh sports this next year, isn't it? Downtown Chicago. Talk to us a little bit about that and what we can expect. It's totally different because in the past, you know, you think about Chicago and what that meant for NASCAR. It was a mile and a half oval in Juliet, and that's hour and a half depending on traffic outside of Chicago. And, and so this new idea with NASCAR is let's go see what tracks we can go to. Let's see if we can go build a track. And so we've gone to the LA Coliseum. We're going to the Chicago Street Course. And we have a, a bit of history going to North Wilkesboro now for the all 
All-Star Race. So we're not forgetting our past, but going to Chicago for the street race with this new next-gen car, we are now looking at models like Formula One, going to build a track and bring the track to people. So having this deal for the next few years, having the July 4th weekend in downtown Chicago, right by Navy Pier, I mean, that is an awesome. incredible venue. I mean, it's yeah. it's insane, right? I mean, that is... Yeah. That is a such a big ticket event. You have you have F1 Miami and Las Vegas, NASCAR in Chicago July 4th weekend. I mean, this is an event that rivals or fits right in that the mesh of all those events. So to have that event on our schedule, it is a marquee event that is going to be a draw of so many people down there. And no matter what, you have a, a big city that is millions of people strong from just how many people commute and live there. So putting a NASCAR race right down the middle of Chicago, it's going to be an incredible event for, as Aaron talked about, for employees to go down there, for guests to go there, for VIPs, for the fans to go check out. They have concerts and everything going down the whole weekend. So it's going to be an event like NASCAR has really never seen before. In fact, social media is already having a lot of fun with the memes of armored NASCARs driving downtown Chicago. And it cracks me up just how engaged the social media and the general public is seeing it. Josh, what does it mean to you to be driving a live fast car with the Ziggler logo on it and going to this brand new venue, downtown Chicago and other places across the Ziggler world? Yeah. So, I mean, downtown Chicago is an hour and a half from me. So that's technically my new home race. And to do it with Team Ziggler, you know, you guys have become like family to me over the last year, last two years and close friends, honestly, too. Matt and BJ kind of in the same boat. You know, I consider BJ a good friend, you know, Matt as well. It's just going to be awesome to go there with this whole group and, you know, put in the work and get some good results. So the race itself is going to be so unique, as Matt said. You know, it's the first ever for the NASCAR Cup Series. And it's going to bring a lot of people that have never seen the sport to the sport. And I think that's going to be really, really cool. So I'm so excited. It's going to be such a crazy fun, exciting event. So Josh, our mission statement at the Ziegler Auto Group is our family providing your family the ultimate automotive experience. I think part of that electricity and excitement that Aaron talks about with NASCAR is delivering on that promise, both to our team and to our customers. Now, BJ and Matt, you are new members of that family. BJ, tell us, how did you get into NASCAR? You're a driver and you're like the Gillette commercial. You love driving so much. I'm going to assume you bought the company, but uh, what was your path into NASCAR? It is a wild, long story that I will definitely uh, tell you guys a lot more in detail when we're together and hang out some but the shorter version for this is I've been driving since before I remember literally my parents started me when I was two and a half years old wait two and a half two and a half <laughs> on a gas-powered four-wheeler that I had to shift it didn't have a clutch but I had to shift it three times with a foot lever if you've ever ridden a 70 or a 50 cc four-wheeler they have a, a clutchless uh, transmission that you still have to shift so I would run green to checkered they'd set me up on there I'd hang on like a couple pictures I actually you know I'm still on a diet like it's crazy like it's the the wildest thing you've ever seen i actually have this suit right up here in the corner but it's just been a lifelong passion that has never wavered i've never thought about doing anything else my entire life and because of that it just turned at a certain point where i needed to figure out how to make a living racing and i was very successful as a driver and an owner at the short track levels and won over 100 races 22 championships and you know, in go-karts, I won over 300 races. So it's it's close to, you know, a little over 400 wins. And I just, I needed to figure out how to make a living. And to do that, I had to, I had to work my way to being an owner in NASCAR because that's the only sure way that you can figure out how to market correctly and, and get ROIs for your partners and, and make things to where you can make it a long-term you know, business that can, you know, sustain itself. So, you know, it's a long story in between, but started a driver development company. That's how I met Matt. Jessica and I started it in 2010. <laughs> Matt was our uh, first driver. Scott Heckert was our second driver. 
And, you know, until Matt's illness, he still drove for us every now and then. And, and Scott still drives for us now. So uh, it's been a long, fun journey and, and made a lot of uh, new family members out of it and a lot of friends. And uh, just, you know, it's been a passion that's never wavered. And that's exactly how I did it. Like, I would have nothing without the people that have been fortunate enough to meet along the way. I'm the smallest piece of all of it. But what's funny is the two on the right of this screen on my computer is already a big part of that story. And now you guys are too, right? Like we're going to take this and we're going to build it for the future. And it's going to further my career as an owner and it's going to make my race team more successful. And that's why I'm so excited to get it going. So BJ, that's kind of interesting that Matt was one of your, if not the first driver. We always talk at the Ziggler Auto Group that you meet the best version of yourself on the other side of adversity, that we need to embrace it and become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Matt, you've known a little bit of that. You've had accolades through Forbes 30 under 30, but you also had some major adversity as a driver. Tell us a little bit about that, what you're comfortable with and how you overcame that to become an owner with Live Fast. I definitely appreciate the question because it's, it's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. It's not an easy road, but it's... It's, it's been something that I honestly would not change at all because it's been so great for bringing opportunities for me. And my story, as BJ alluded to, I started racing go-karts and um, after a few years, I began uh, racing with BJ and um, started racing, what was I, 13? Is that right? 2010. You were, you were 13. You were just, just before turning 14. Time flies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 13 going yeah. to 14. We have, we have a picture in the shop here, actually, of all of us when I was a little kid. So anyways, I um, raced late models and the guy into the NASCAR ranks and drove in the NASCAR truck series and the Xfinity series. And I was in the Xfinity series in 2016. I was racing over at Joe Gibbs Racing. And I got a bunch of symptoms of just crazy stuff like lice would be hurting my head like crazy. All kinds of um, just weird things I'm kind of hearing in my head and then pain and just all these bizarre symptoms. And I was watching Grey's Anatomy, um, of all things. Oh. And, uh, a TV diagnosis, isn't that great? It really was. I was like, shoot, what's going on here? And, uh, and, and the same person had all these things going on and they had a brain tumor. I'm like, well, crap. Yeah. Oh. And I went to Cancun for a vacation and I'm in this bar and I'm thinking, okay, this is a little weird. I feel off and I got really claustrophobic. I never had anxiety, anything like that before. And this is my first instance of it. And I was like, okay, this is really, really weird. And so long story short, I had a biopsy, was diagnosed with a brain tumor, had it cut out of my head and um, was told I would never race again. And I eventually that year, three or four months later, returned um, to racing after my brain tumor. That's awesome. It was incredible. A lot of um, crazy months in there, not knowing what I was going to do. And then got back to racing, had a run up to the Cup Series. And then my, my rookie year in the Cup Series, made it through October. I was talking to BJ at Martinsville and we were walking down to go inside the track. And I was talking to him, we're going to go to um, like a... a Woods of Terror. There we go. It's like a Halloween yeah, deal, oh. you know? And went yeah. into the trailer yeah. and was talking to my guys about to go out for practice. And I suffered my, my um, first seizure. So after that, I was uh, had a few more. was diagnosed with epilepsy. And I thought I was, again, done with racing. Had the COVID year um, where everything was put on halt. Bijan and I got together. He was looking for, for charters and, and tried to get in the team business. I was out of driving at that point, and we ended up joining and forming together Live Fast Motorsports, and now I'm in the best possible position That's I could awesome. be and absolutely love it. Isn't it great how if you walk your way through adversity, you can end up doing what you love despite challenges, BJ, right? Yeah, it's crazy, this story, because we're sitting here now, you know, owning a cup team together after two successful years, and 
it's uh, the first time it was talked about was leaving a movie theater in Dover <laughs> after a practice day or something. Cause we were going to invest in some real estate together, some commercial like triple net stuff. And we, um, you know, we've been talking about that. And I remember we were walking out. I still remember where we were at in the theater and everything. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, we should buy a charter. <laughs> just, was, we've been we talking should, about racing. We Captain Marvel or something. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it's just funny that this business is off of that comment, right? Like, and all of this stuff yeah. that's coming together together it started right there and that's you know when it got a lot more serious is when he brought you into it with you know the, the covid year we left atlanta and we didn't you know we didn't none of us know when we were going racing again a lot of us didn't know what was going to happen with the world and, and there was you know it, it was just really a crazy time and we used that time to go find a charter so it's uh just thankful yeah. and that covid year is another example of overcoming adversity so if we come back to nascar this past year there were some moments in NASCAR that were thrilling that engaged the public in a way that maybe it's never been engaged before. Aaron, what was your favorite moment this last year as you think about races and things we saw on TV? It had to be probably Ross Chastain. The uh, push, right? Yeah, or, the, uh, <laughs> you know, going around the wall at uh, 40 miles an hour faster than everybody else. It looked like uh, something off a video game to, uh, to get into the uh, final round of the uh, playoffs was pretty crazy. What do you make of that, BJ and Matt? A, what do you make of the event? And then B, BJ, would you do it? Matt, would you do it? Would you have done a Ross Chastain, which will ever be called that? <laughs> so uh, for somebody that was in the race, right? Like I caught on fire, you know, halfway through and, and quit. But I was there all day, you know, downshifting to third where he shifted to fifth and held it <laughs> wide open, right? Like it is absolutely insane that he had the guts to go through with it, right? Like I think at this level, we're all capable of it from a fear standpoint. Like None of us, yeah. when you crank that car up, you don't think about it, right? If you do, you should quit. Yeah. So I don't think it's a, well, he, he wasn't scared and somebody else is or whatever. I don't think it's that. I respect that he wanted it so bad that he was willing to drive that car up into the fence because a Gen 6 car, I can guarantee you yeah. would have jumped the wall and went into the fence. Like there's no doubt in my mind, the right front upper A-frame would have broke he would have climbed the wall and he'd have rolled over or he'd have went into the fence and started, you know, tumbling in that. Right. So for him to trust the next gen car to stay together and the suspension to not fail as it's consistently beating against the fence all the way around, that is what I respect because he knew he was there. His job was to get that car in the last round of the playoffs and he did it. And that's something as a driver that I have a ton of respect for. If you look at one of the pictures when he's just before the pit gate, that's another thing. Like all the race car drivers know about Michael Waltrip's crash at Bristol. And I think it was um, the early 90s, late 80s. And then also yeah. uh, Mike Harmon's crash in the early 2000s at Bristol where the pit gate failed or the, the gate coming across the track failed. And the car is actually stuck in the wall and it sheared them apart and some catastrophic crashes, right? Well, Martinsville has that same kind of gate. He took that risk. And if you look, there's one picture that shows the front of the car over 11 inches off the ground right before the pit gate. And it's a miracle all that held up. It really is. So, you know, I just have a ton of respect for the fact that he wanted to succeed for his team so bad that he took the chance. And then he actually had the skill to get it right against the fence and do it the right way. And, and he feathered the throttle too. He said he stayed wide open, but watching the telemetry and watching it in slow motion, there's a small point right before the exit of four where it looks like there's a throttle blip. And I believe that's what kept the car from keeping the climb in the fence. Right. So, I mean, he just, he yeah. did drive it and it was an unreal move. It's what we need. Just, you know, some drivers are upset about it. Some are, you know, like happy about it. Like I, 
Uh, you got no choice, right? You got to respect it. <laughs> you got to respect it. As an owner, BJ, what do you think of it? As an owner, the risk with your car, are you good with that? Absolutely. Josh, did you hear that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anytime, <laughs> anytime you have a chance to make something like that, you have to go for it when it counts, right? Because that story will be talked about in 50 years at least. And it's something that got a lot of new eyes on our sport that had never really paid attention to our sport before. And truly, I don't even recall who won the race. <laughs> That's the craziness of it, right? Like it's so, that move, like Aaron said, like that was the highlight of the year from a TV perspective. And you're so right because, I mean, I think Christopher Bell had a walk-off win to go make the playoffs. We don't even remember that. So it's interesting. Aaron and I were texting as it was happening and Aaron always talks about, he has, well, you have racing experience in college. You race jet skis, yeah. ranked nationally, right? Mm -hmm. In the nation. And you have a philosophy about just crushing it right off the line. Share with us that philosophy because it mirrors that strategy of just going for it there in the end, except you're talking about the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's the same philosophy that BJ has. When you get to the start line, you, you just got to go for it. You can't have any fear. And in the jet ski world, whoever got to the first buoy first won about 50% of the time. So you just had to put the hammer down and know that you were going to get there first and you know you were laser focused on that and not going to worry about what could go wrong you had to worry about what could go right uh and you had to be aggressive and let the other guys back off will that happen again bj and matt do you think will this oh, yeah. will this will turn four become the slide now i don't know that it'll be martin zill exactly but a lot of people are not paying attention to the fact that Larson did it at Darlington. It just didn't work, yeah. right? Like with this next-gen car, and it didn't work because it was a Gen 6 car, right? But it's like, I think with the next-gen car that there is potential for that to happen more often. It won't happen a lot because there's not a lot of scenarios where it's going to work. But I do believe, I wouldn't be against saying that you'll see it once a year minimum. That's my honest opinion because the car is so tough. Like it, the car will take the beating and it will work for one corner. So I think you can see that happen in the future. Respect to the move. It reflects a mindset of winning. It reflects a split second decision to do it and go for it. And then to your point, skill and executing on it. Aaron always talks about, you know, it's one thing to call your shot and you don't get it. You know, that's ego and bluffing. Calling your shot and getting it, that's integrity. You have a better way of saying it. How do you say that, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you call your shot and you don't get it. That's uh, arrogance. But if you call your shot and you get it, that's confidence. That's exactly yes. right. So Matt and BJ, any closing comments to our listening audience. We're thrilled to have you part of the Ziegler Auto Group family. We're excited to be able to deliver on this experience to not only our employees, but our customers and our fan base all across the country as people see the electricity associated with NASCAR, BJ. To everybody at the Ziegler Auto Group that I haven't met yet, and to you guys that I know, and Aaron, just the conversations we've had, um, just so thankful to have the opportunity. And Josh being a part of this is very special to me because, like I said, I've watched him work to get where he's at, and I relate to that because We've both done it a somewhat hard way, just like everybody else in this sport. And I know the potential that we have together and I'm ready to get to work. I got interviewed in the fan zone at Phoenix on um, Sunday, the last race. And they said, so what are you going to do next week for your first week off? And I said, I'm going to work harder than I did this week. That's where I'm at right now because yeah. wherever things at with the time and we have an awesome opportunity to take advantage of some new equipment and some fresh faces and, uh, you know, the ECR group and different things to really catapult our average running speed and really make our team get it to another level. It's just that simple. So, you know, it wouldn't happen without everyone 
everyone at Ziegler Auto Group, and that's every single person that helps make that what it is. I just want to say thank you and let you guys know that we're very appreciative of what you guys do every day and that we're here to help build your brand and we're looking forward to going racing and having some fun along the way. So Aaron, once again, thank you for the opportunity. Very nice to meet you guys and just looking forward to it. You're welcome. Look forward to uh, partnering with you guys. So Aaron, you know, the biggest thing from here is you've made this winning culture at Ziegler. You have built this incredible business and talking to Sam yesterday, talking to Josh, talking to to Matt, everybody in your team, the culture is winning. And what does winning mean? It's constantly trying to get better. You look at Ziegler and, and the path to growth you guys have had sitting down to meet you from your employees, from your people to the, the things you do for them. That is the biggest thing that we see from a race team is we're always trying to get better and so are you guys. And so we have that synergy together. And I think that as we increase brand awareness for you guys and we work together from the competition side to give Josh an incredible chance to go have some amazing runs and to give you guys a great time at the track. You know, we have these opportunities lined up together to install that winning culture together. And we love what you guys are instilling in your own company and what we're trying to do with Move to Chevy and our company and bring on Josh here. You know, Sam, Aaron, we're, we're so happy to be working with you guys. We're going to have a lot of fun in 2023. We're excited for it. We're looking forward to it. Josh, excited to have the partnership. Aaron Ziegler, any closing party comments? Yeah, looking forward to a great 2023. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. A special thanks to BJ and Matt with Live Fast Motorsports, NASCAR race car driver Josh Balicki, and our own Aaron Ziegler for contributing to this week's episode. Until next week, how are you driving vision today? Today.